Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles. I'm Scott Wright of the Oklahoman, joined by our celebrated columnist, Barry Trammell and Jenny Carlson. What are we celebrating? (laughs) No, you're celebrated. Oh, yeah, You're celebrated. Okay, all right. Party Um, hats all around. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. A little Oklahoma State football today. I want to talk about Mike Gundy. I want to focus on Gundy for this uh, for this episode. Um, a subject I know well. Uh, that's why I uh, I wanted to talk about him because I can ask you some questions about him. Um, he's coming into his fifteenth season as the head coach at Oklahoma State. Uh, Barry, as you mentioned, you uh, you you know him well. You probably covered games when he was playing at Jarman. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't. No, I, I missed I it by two years. Know. I missed it by two years, but I did I did first come across Mike Gundy in the year of our Lord nineteen eighty four. That covered him in Norman Midwest City football. He wasn't the quarterback in 83. I forget who was. He was a backup, but he ended up getting to play quite a bit. But We should figure out who he was uh, backing up and go yeah, ask him should. what I, they're I, doing I in football nowadays. I actually saw nowadays. it not long ago. I, I saw it not long ago. But I remember Norman played U.S. Grant earlier in the year, and they had a good quarterback. I forgot who it was. And uh, he gave him a little bit of trouble. And then uh, they played Midwest City. And uh, leading up to the game, I asked Cotton Wade, the Norman coach, I said something along the lines of, he's talking about what a good quarterback uh, Midwest City had. <laughs> and I said, well, is, is he as good as the Grant quarterback? And Cotton Wade said, he's way better <laughs> than the Grant quarterback. <laughs> oh. Now, for the record, I don't know if Mike Gundy went to German or not. I just threw out the first. Monroney or German. Is yeah. it either Monroney or German. Yeah. I, I think I'm it was sure. Monroney. I probably think he went so. to Monroney. Probably so, just because I'm probably wrong. That's the only thing. It may be only, in our archives. Like, it probably is, I'm sure. Uh, but before we uh, before we jump in our time vehicle of choice and go back in time um, any farther than we already have, uh, let's uh, let's talk about Big 12 Media Days because, Barry, uh, Jenny and I got a chance to discuss this in uh, our last episode of the Cowboy Chronicles. wanted to get your thoughts on uh, both your conversation with Mike Gundy over the summer and uh, and his appearance at Big 12 Media Days uh, because I think it was a uh, – I think he, he caught some people off guard with how much ownership he has taken – for last year's struggles, um, which is probably deserved. I mean, I think he's, he's he's in the right to have done that. But I was curious what your thoughts have been on the way that he has uh, the way that he has handled last year and talking about being excited for this year because of it. Well, I mean, I think it's admirable for a guy to say, "Blame me." I actually want a little bit more tangible evidence of exactly what he did wrong. I know he's used the example of his teenagers and saying, nah, let things slip. You know, it didn't really get, get on them when they, when they would do certain things. But, you know, sometimes that's easy to say after the season. Right. It's probably true. Yeah. I'm not really saying – I'm not calling bogus on it. But it seems like a, something you might say after the season, just to, you know, as a as a statement, as a as a, a way to let people know hey, we're going to do things different, which is a, which also is good. So, you know, they they should have beat Baylor, they should have beat TCU, they they could have beat K State, and you know that's got to gnaw at Gundy because you know you you win those three games, you know look at you look at OSU was it four and one or five and one against ranked teams four four and yeah. one against ranked teams and then whatever and five against unranked teams right I mean, that's maddening yeah you know I, I went back and looked at west virginia's season 
we forget how good West Virginia was. They were eight and one and ranked seventh. Yeah. Right. And they go to Stillwater and lose forty five forty one, and then they host OU and lose fifty nine fifty six. They were this close to a fabulous season, and they got knocked off the saddle by by the Cowboys in Stillwater. So OSU and and then OSU goes to Norman and dang near wins one point. So OSU had the goods to be to be a really good team, and they just let those three games get away from them. I think you know the thing that to me and and Scott and I you, we talked about this uh, on Monday, um, but the thing that I think is and maybe maybe he recognized it at the time, but didn't didn't think it would would be enough to sort of right the ship. But stuff like, you know, seeing, as he mentioned on, at Media Day, seeing a guy screw something up and it not getting called out by that position coach or coordinator, and then it doesn't get called out by Gundy. And the fact that he didn't uh, take – that by the horns at the time, which was such a huge problem in the season. We saw it repeatedly, 15-yard penalties, face masks, uh, you know, uh, pass interference, stuff that you, you're going to – I mean, guys are going to commit penalties. We know that. It's going to be part of the deal. But they had so many unforced and costly penalties. And then to back it up and for nobody to have called that out during the season, I think Gundy – saying, listen, if my position coaches aren't calling it out and the coordinators aren't calling it out, if I'm not calling it out, that's me. I've got it. The buck's got to stop with me on stuff like that. If I saw it and I know that we shouldn't be doing it and I don't say anything and nobody else says anything, that ultimately is my fault because then the assistants are just following after the head coach. So to me, stuff like that, you know, when you that might be seemingly small because we're talking about you know, a hundred plus guys and, you know, hundreds of plays over the course of the season, you know, that might seem minute, but if you go back and look at it, something as small as that could have won those three games Mm -hmm. that they should have won. So I think that's where, um, he, he is taking ownership and maybe it is a little bit of a backward looking, um, not unnecessary, but maybe it is a little bit too much fall on your sword, but, I think that's the type of thing when you realize how close you were and how much of a difference something as, you know, seemingly small as not getting in the habit of grabbing a guy's face mask could have ultimately made in your season. Then you start to say, wait, we've got to change some of these small things before they come bi- become big. It's been interesting because I've, I've had a lot of questions um, or I've had the same question from multiple people about um, Gundy saying how excited he is now to uh, to to bounce back from this um, and people's automatic question is well why wasn't he excited <laughs> to continue winning 10 games a year um, and and I don't necessarily think that that's what the issue was I think it's more of I mean, it's, it's a little bit just human nature to when things are going really well a lot of the time to to kind of relax a little bit and and you know the ultimately what i want to get to in uh, in our discussion is how much mike gundy has changed over the years but i think that uh, that that he has become less intense about a lot of things in his in his coaching style and i think that this maybe maybe jumped up and bit him a little bit i i think that's you're right sometimes you can get too comfortable you can get complacent um before last season, before the 2017 season, Gundy had had the same 
coordinators for five straight years, mm-hmm. which is unheard of in major college football. You don't see that kind of yeah. stability. Either guys get another job or get fired or whatever. So things had become sort of uh, sort of placid in, in uh, Stillwater, and they'd been successful. So, you know, it's just a case of, you know, sometimes you need to kick in the, in the butt, and maybe that's what Kansas State and, and Baylor and TCU did for OSU's. Hey, you know, all those games you've won in the past that let you get to 10 wins, they don't come automatic. They were hard-earned. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what – maybe that's the legacy of the 18 team is, you know, seven and six, yeah, but they reminded everybody, hey, you, you got you, you to gotta work a certain level and, and maintain a certain standard to, uh, to reach those 10-win seasons. Don't you guys think that two years ago with that team that had the stability of the coordinators and – Rudolph, Washington, on and on down the list. Don't you think there was an excitement infused into that year inherently because of the possibility? Oh, absolutely. There was, you know, how high can this team get? It obviously didn't get where it wanted to go, but there was that that drive. And I think last year, it is a little, I think you said human nature, Scott, and that's exactly what I would say, is there's that, there's that human nature of this team, I mean, even, even, you know, even when you're the the head coach, there's a there's a reality that okay, that team a year ago had the goods to maybe not just win the conference with Rudolph Washington and on and on, but might contend for even bigger things. You know, when those guys leave, it's going to be different. It's going to be a different year. And yet, because they had built that standard of eight, nine, ten wins, there's a thought. Well, we that's what we do. Yeah. And 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 you know. There's not a whole lot. I mean, like that. That's just the standard, and I'm just gonna let it happen. I'm gonna let my coaches coach and my players play, and you know they've now realized this is what we do. I, I brought up to Gundy, and he did mention his kids. Um, you know how he lets his third probably get away with more than he did his first two. And I brought up the idea that I think in, in major college sports, sometimes you see as programs evolve, you see sort of that first generation where a team's building, and everybody knows what a a massive amount of hard work is being put in by the coaches, by the players to just try to get from five wins to six wins to seven wins. And the the next generation knows those guys. They know that struggle. Maybe they saw it for a year or they heard about it. And so they work hard. But then you get on down the line and there's that third generation of players and that fourth generation of players. And they know about that evolution, but they weren't part of it and they didn't feel it and they don't fully understand just where the program was before and so they kind of you know the autopilot I think was referenced by Gundy and that to me is where it, and, and a lot of programs go through it I think we've seen it at OU saw it at OSU I, mean, I think every every it's sort of natural it's it, it it's that human nature of things that you just kind of lose sight of that edge that you you, you don't think we don't have to be perfect well you know what in the league where it's so close, you do have to be pretty darn good every day. Let's let's jump back a little bit to um, because I've, I've detailed for uh, for the regular podcast listeners, all all four of them, uh, <laughs> how what my my career path has been in relation to Oklahoma State football, covering them in two thousand eight, then stepping away and uh, and coming back for the seventeen season. Um, so you guys saw a lot more closely what Mike Gundy was like in two thousand five. And 2010 and 12 and 14 and 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 on and on um 2008 i know 
comparing him to the Mike Gundy now, he was much more intense about just about everything. Uh, was that the way that he was when he first took this job over from Les Miles in 05? I don't know what Jacko would say. I think I think Gundy changed when he became the head coach. Mm-hmm. He was pretty laid back and jocular. and He was more Mike Gundy the player right. as an assistant, and right. he really didn't flip that. I don't think he flipped a switch really until he was the head coach. Right. Yeah, he was still sort of Tom Sawyer-ish as an assistant coach. He got pretty buttoned down when he became the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um which you sort of natural, you know, you're responsible for everybody, and except instead of just two people or four people or whatever. So, um, I think he's a lot more now like he was maybe back when he was Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Now, he's still a little unpredictable. That's the only <laughs> thing I, you know, you never know what you're going to get, and that that's just from a media standpoint, media right. relations. You know, one minute, no, can't talk to anybody. The next day, yeah, talk to everybody. So, you know, it can be a little bewildering. But he does seem more relaxed now. I think you're right. Um, He is more apt to say things that are – he doesn't really care. He doesn't seem to care about the little things maybe as much. But let's not pretend that he – that he doesn't care because he does right. i mean and i don't i'm i'm even talking about stuff he shouldn't care about <laughs> but he still is a control freak they're all control freaks there's not one that's not mm-hmm. um but probably less so than he used to be i would say yeah. that'd be my guess yeah i mean he's definitely evolved I, I don't think there's any doubt about that and yeah we probably you know last year you know we saw the the you know the dog at the at the luncheon right. press conference and <laughs> Barry knows oh too. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and the whole uh, the why whole didn't he bring his dog to media days? Now that would have been a sensation right there. <laughs> doesn't the dog get lonely? The, the dog doesn't the know whether he goes over to Boone Pickens Stadium or to Jerry World. The dog's loneliness is the same either way. <laughs> media day 2020 is not Should have asked him. Asked him. Isn't that dog stone. lonely without you? You're going to be gone longer. Isn't that more reason to bring him, Mike? Her. Her. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, we saw some stuff last year that I think harkened back to sort of that, you know, just sort of free and easy mentality that well, – and really over the last couple of years, you know, the whole uh, wrestling video promotion, mm-hmm. the uh, hoops and homecoming, homecoming, whatever that's called, uh, thing with Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some letting down of that, that uh, shell that, you know, had to sort of go up to try to get – Try to get Oklahoma State where they are now. I mean, let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that there was a lot of heavy lifting to be done by Mike Gundy as assistants as players. I mean, that that's no small task what they've done in terms of of you know maintaining success over the last decade or so. So uh, I think that's part of it. But um, you know, I think we I think it might have been last year or two years ago we uh, explored the idea of of how Mike Gundy has matured, and I think this may just be another sort of step in his maturity to, to understand how can I maybe be a little bit more of who I actually am and because I think that that Tom Sawyer character is probably more like who he is behind the scenes and 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 that sort of thing how can I be that without without losing ground on all that I've worked and all that 
my coaches and my past players that they've worked on because you don't want to give that ground back because you know how hard it is to get. So maybe this is just where he's trying to figure out how how to balance those two things. I, I don't know. And maybe this is just the natural progression of a coach who stays somewhere a long time. Yeah. Now, the world only – God only made so many Bill Snyders, you know, the <laughs> yeah. same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. There's not too many of those people. Right. Bill's the same in 19 – you know, when I first met him in whatever year it would have been, 91, 92, somewhere in there, as he was in 2018. But Gundy's up to – he's tied for third in longevity in college football behind Kirk Ferentz and, yeah. and Gary Patterson. He's tied with Frank Solich at Ohio. Kyle Whittingham at um, Utah. Utah, yeah. So, you know, you stay 14, 15 years someplace, you're going to have, you know, you're going to you're going to uh, evolve. And he came change. and he came in as what was he 30, thir- late thirties when he um, when he was hired. When as he was head hired, coach? yeah, yeah, well, yeah thirty seven ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean. I mean, you change from when you're yeah. that age and when you get to, you know. I mean, then he's in his third different decade in terms of age. He was a 30-something. Now he's a 50-something. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's – we saw it with – you know, we got to see Bob Stoops at OU was – what was it, 16 years or whatever it was, 17 years. He changed. So there's no reason to think it wouldn't happen to Gundy. Um, the problem with Gundy is we've known him longer than 15 years. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've literally – been around him, talked, been interviewing him since I was 24. Right. <laughs> I was literally 24 years old the first time I interviewed Mike Gundy. So, so um, like two or three years ago. Yeah. Right? So I mean, <laughs> that we so we still have images of what we think he used to be or what he right. should be. Right. And so that you know some of this is not that Gundy has changed; it's that we've changed. You know the the OSU fans who are like college kids now or young people, you know, they don't have that vision of Mike Gundy as a maverick quarterback who would say anything and, or even an assistant coach who was begging, begging uh, Les Miles to open Throw up it. the playbook so he mm-hmm. could beat OU by 40. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very complicated thing, and that, I think that just goes with the territory when somebody is at a place a very long time. In in terms of, uh, of of all of this evolution, how much was the Fiesta Bowl team a turning point? Do you think? Do you guys think? Well, I mean, it's that's obviously. Um, I mean, that's a huge, huge signpost in this whole thing. Um, you know, obviously, um, to get to essentially the doorstep of the national championship game and today they would have been in the college football playoff i mean they'd have been one of those teams and rightfully so um you know i think that's that's the type of thing that um you can recruit to you can build from you can take lessons from i mean all of that that's that was absolutely i mean and i think for a lot of people as big as that was i think for a lot of osu fans or osu watchers over the years to see that the team has it wasn't it wasn't a flash in the pan to have taken that and, and while they haven't gotten back to doorstep of the of the playoff to have continued to win a lot of games to have had even you know potentially better players at positions and um, you know kept kept that standard uh, going to me that's I would think 
as as great a season as that was for for OSU people, um, and they should relish it and remember it and talk about it and and cherish it every time that they get that chance. But I think the thing that probably is coolest for a lot of longtime OSU fans is that their the the relevance of OSU football has continued since that time. So um, that uh, while it was hard to get there, even harder to continue. And that to me is is a pretty that's a that I mean no matter how long Mike Gundy coaches at OSU that is the thing that they didn't just get there but they kept reaching for that level and you know there was a time probably you know 90s in there where you thought they might never get to that point as college football continued to you saw the arms race and all the money and all that was coming into it and you thought maybe they can't get there but here they are at a level that a lot of programs would They'd trade places with the wins that OSU's gotten over the last five, eight, ten years. Barry, did could you see a change in in Gundy and some of the things that we've talked about with his attitude in the media and and those sorts of things before and after that season? I can't admit that I have. I mean, um, anything I would say would be revisionist in my head yeah in other words in other words i didn't make a conscious decision oh that changed i do know that it did it did two things the fiesta bowl the big 12 title the number three national ranking it did two things one it like jacko said it set a standard hey osu can reach this level they can play at this level they've just done it they've shown you can win at the highest level in stillwater the other thing it did is it created expectations that for a while were unrealistic and maybe not so much anymore. It's not realistic for OSU to win the Big 12 every other year. It's not realistic. It's not realistic for most teams. It's now been eight years, and it is realistic to think, yeah, they, they could have won since then. And looking back, they could have. Thirteen, they should have. They should yeah. have been they should have been the champ in thirteen and just screwed around in Bedlam. But, you know, Gundy a little bit is a victim of his own success because those ten win seasons have not included a title have not included uh, a victory over OU. They've only beaten the Sooners what um, once since eleven, mm-hmm. the Tyreek Hill game. So they've got, you know, I, I think uh, Gundy has created high expectations that he frankly hasn't been meeting, and that keeps him in a little bit of hot water with the masses. I don't know that there's any, there's no move afoot to think, uh, you know, we need a new coach by anybody that matters because he's far too successful for that. But he has created a little bit of a monster, maybe a mini monster is what mm-hmm. Mike Gundy's created. Certainly, uh, certainly will be an interesting season in terms of the fan perception of him because there is a lot of of what you alluded to, Barry. Um, at least, at least on my Twitter timeline, <laughs> I can talk and vouch for that. So, um, but uh, but but that whole dynamic is going to be uh, really interesting to watch. I think I think this season in terms of how um, how this team bounces back from a year ago and and goes forward to uh not that not that pleasing the fans 
is uh, is paramount in this uh, because I think I think getting just getting the program back on track to where it was is uh, is is more important. And as Barry said, there's nobody uh, that 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 really matters that's that's in a big hurry to get rid of Mike Cundy right now. Yeah. Uh, but the fan perspective is uh, is 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 interesting to monitor. I'll say that. Well, and the, you know they gotta always worry. Everybody has everybody, literally everybody worries about this. From the New England Patriots to to Purcell High School, getting people to come to the games. Yeah, it's harder absolutely. than ever just because it has nothing to do with the product. Has nothing to do. It has very little to do with the product. It has very little to do with the results. It's all just the changing nature of society. So it's it's a difficult thing. So they got to always be cognizant of that. And filling Boone Pickens Stadium is a constant struggle. And you know, the more you win, the easier it's going to be. And so that's always a concern. But that's not really Mike Gundy's doing. That's just the way the world has changed. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting, you know, when you're talking about, you know, second year of uh, uh, the defense um, under Jim Knowles, how how do they improve? Uh, obviously, this quarterback situation, there's a lot of intrigue. Um, you know, the stuff we talked about earlier with, Gundy seeing ways that he can impact what this team does and doesn't do but in a lot of in a lot of ways the fan interest in this team is going to be about the unknown and Mike Gundy can you know he can do as much as he can to try to uh, you know make that defense better or, or the quarterback situation work out but a lot of that's just I mean, you don't know until you until you get these guys out there. So, um, you know, I think that's the early going at least is going to sort of be its own little machine because there's just so many questions about what is this even going to look like? Are the, you know, what's this defensive line going to look like? What's the secondary going to look? Who's the, what are the quarterbacks going to look like? I mean, just all of this I think is just so intriguing that uh, early on I think that'll probably be the, the 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 thing that gets most interest but yeah I mean I think as we start to settle in and see all right here's where this team is have they taken the steps you know is there the advancement that you'd want to see is there the hope that you'd want to have if you're a fan then I think you start to say well what you know what impact has Gundy had on this and and then that'll I think that'll start to come as the as the picture gets a little bit clearer about what this team looks like all right on that note, let's wrap up this edition of the Cowboy Chronicles. Uh, thanks to Paige and Dave and Todd and all the folks that uh, put this thing together. For Jenny Carlson, Barry Trammell, thank both of you, our celebrated columnists. Uh, and with that, I am Scott Wright, and thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles. Cowboy Chronicles.